0: Everybody to this fantastic podcast with the amazing Rachel Davis. And if you haven't heard of Rachel, she is the founder of La La Tigers, and it's amazing that she is also a TEDx speaker. So I'm really, really proud and honoured to have her on this podcast today. So, uh, Rachel, I know you're a mummy as well, single mummy, and I know a little bit about you, but do you want to elaborate on kind of how you got into La La yeah, tigers, of etc. Hi.
1: Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's always so lovely when somebody introduces you and you hear all that stuff back and you think, oh, yeah, no, I did do all that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, my name's Rachel Davis. I am uh, first and foremost a mama, which I think is my most important job. Uh, and because I always mention a mama being the first thing that I do because it has actually been most of the inspiration behind what I now consider to be my life's work. So I'm also a musician and an NLP practitioner and a hypnotherapist. And what I do is I, uh, following some profound life experiences of my own and running music sessions for under fives, all of these things sort of came together and... Combined to produce La La Tigers, which is now all about inspiring confidence, self belief, encouraging self esteem and worthiness in both parents and children through the joy and fun of music. Excellent. Okay, so for example,
0: so music—it it stimulates, it stimulates the mind. It can, people can relate to it on a different level. Is that why you use music? What's What's the background? Why Why are you well, doing this?
1: Music, music is my first love. And music is all I ever wanted to do I mean, from the age of five, I, I was begging for lessons, and it was all I ever wanted to do and then quite often, as is with the case with things like music, it's not really considered a proper job, mm. you know, so I was encouraged down other avenues and to use my brain, uh, which meant that basically I was pretty much not lit up by anything else my whole life. And so when my children came along, as quite often, uh, you're, you know, you, you tend to look for a life change when your children comes along because it makes you see things differently, doesn't it? It makes you kind of question how you're showing up in the world. Um, and so I, I realised that I could do something that I loved around my children. So I fell into doing music sessions for Under Fives, which was epic, by the way. I mean, doing it, the Okie for a living is seriously more fun than selling advertising. I was a major corporate uh, a salesperson before. And, and so music was my gift and my, my passion, if you like. But the thing about music is that it, it, it speaks to people on a cellular level. I mean, I don't have to tell you, I'm not sure I don't have to tell anybody listening here about the power of music, but when you introduce music as a power to teach children, it is phenomenal for lots and lots of reasons. I mean, first of all, you have, uh, there's so much going on with music. There's rhythm and there's, um, there's different instruments playing different parts there's melodies there's the space between the notes which actually gives the structure to the songs I mean I always say it's the space between the notes that is as important to the music Mm. as the notes themselves which is so true for life I think but there's something else that music gives you because it also teaches harmony and collaboration and it teaches teamwork but most importantly and this is where I get really excited most importantly is music has the most incredible ability to go straight into the unconscious mind and stay there. I mean like forever. It's what my TED talk was about. Because if you if you look back to when you were maybe three or four, do you remember anything that your parents told you?
0: Oh no, I don't think no. anyone does, no. No, do they? I
1: struggle with stuff from yesterday, quite frankly, as well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you do. But but if I asked you to sing either the alphabet or twinkle twinkle little star or you know, any of the songs from your childhood. Not only would you remember all of the words, but you'd be able to recite them. You might remember the actions. And that is the power of music. And when I discovered that, purely by chance with one of my children, who one of my children was going through a tricky time mm-hmm. at the time, and he was struggling to follow instructions. Uh, do you know how, you know, kids don't listen anyway, right? <laughs> Standard. <laughs> so one of my children was struggling to be present. Uh, and I found that music would reach him where, quite of my words, wouldn't so initially with my work what I started doing was I started writing music really mainly to help me out because the minute I realized that music was going to reach him where it was pointless talking to him because I'd given him an instruction and nothing would happen but if I would sing it then he would be able to not only not only would he be able to follow the instruction and it would Mm. go in, but it turned these really stressful moments that had been predominantly about control and stress and domination and forcing somebody to do things like getting their shoes on and brushing their teeth, all those really stressful moments that Mm. you have as a mum with young kids. And what I loved the most about it is when we put it into a song, not only did it help my child to follow the instruction and he remembered it, but it also took those moments that were originally sort of quite stressful and it turned them into fun. connection and joy and like my kids actually started asking for the songs and we actually started looking forward to those moments of um those moments of connection that had previously been so stressful and once I realized and I thought well if it can work for that do you know what else can it work for and I had been playing with a song that day called I'm capable of anything and I kid you not my kids were not listening in any way shape or form and I think one of them was like playing Lego and the other one was sort of running around the house screaming or, you know, standard young child stuff. But I must have played that song maybe 10 or 15 times over while I'd been working out the songs and the words and the chords and things in my head. And then we'd gone down to the skateboard park about an hour or so later. And following this, me singing this song, singing I'm Capable of Anything, it was all about just believing that you could do something. Mm -hmm. Because this is the power of belief, Livia. People are like... You either believe you can or you believe you can't. Mm. And whichever you believe it, it will be true for you. That is how the power of belief and how it works. And my son came running over to me at the skateboard park and he just said, mum, I just dropped in off the bowl. Now, if you're not a skateboard mum, the bowl is a big deal. It's like a nine foot concrete, complete vertical drop. And he just said to me, mum, it's just like you said in your song. I just had to believe that I could do it. And I did it. And I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. This stuff works. And what had happened, he must have like, you know, I'd obviously been playing it over repetitively. A little bit like an affirmation, really. If you think about the power of language, I'm, I'm an NLP practitioner. So for anybody who doesn't understand NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, is very much about how the power we have to shape the language that we use and how that affects our experience, mm-hmm. how that affects our perception, and therefore how we affect we see ourselves. So my child must have been singing that song because that's the thing when you put it in a song, you kind of mm-hmm. play it over and over in your head, don't you? By putting those affirmations and things like that into a song, he playing over and he must have stood at the top of that thing and just thought, yeah, I just believe that I can, and he just did it. <laughs> And, and from there, I wrote a whole load of songs about confidence and self-belief and being enough and being perfectly imperfect. I wrote songs to teach children about their thoughts and their feelings. And it just, I don't know, I wasn't expecting it to turn out this big. So does this, I mean, it works with children. And does, does this
0: concept work with adults as well? I mean, have you? Absolutely, it does. I mean, my personal
1: work focuses very much um, with, with parents. Uh, because I tend to combine the songs and the work with realizations and a little bit of journaling work Mm -hmm. and just inviting parents to think about things in a slightly different way and Mm. how they're showing up with their children so that they can encourage their children to live to their full potential. Um, And so it's been very, very much my intention that when I'm writing this music for children, that it has to be fun for the parents too, because if you're going to impact the child, the parents got to want to do it. Mm. Do you know, I I don't know about you, but singing Twinkle Twinkle kind of makes me want to, Gadge my eyes out with a stick repeatedly, and like music, like kids' music. A lot of it is pretty grim, isn't it? Let's face it. And what I'd noticed from my music sessions was that when I had made, when I dropped stuff in like Queen or um, The Line sleeps Tonight or Tight Fit or anything like that, when I dropped in stuff from our childhood the whole energy in the room would change and the mums would be starting to have like what I would call proper fun as opposed to Mary Poppins fake fun, which, you yeah, know, like, yeah. do you know when you're with young kids, you're like, Oh, this is amazing. No, no, it's like, And you're just kind of dying inside because you're like, this is, this is rubbish. <laughs> Why am I singing this? It's like, it's like everyone's standing there, like shaking maracas going, yay. You know, here we go around the mulberry bush and it's brilliant, but it's, it sucks. Doesn't it a little bit. it does a bit yeah. it does a little bit it's a little bit soul destroying and so what I aim to do is bring fun to the parents because mm. we know that when you become a parent particularly when you're stuck home with young children oh my goodness it's like swimming through marmalade mentally and you are crawling the walls for something fun to do with your child so there's house tracks in there and there's rock tracks we do air guitar we do bad wedding dancing championships you know like the stuff to get the kids to brush their teeth that is a banging house track mums if you've not been out for a while you are going to love and you're going to want that bad boy on your phone do you know what I mean <laughs> um it just and it's interspersed with some more you know, there is a little bit of what I would call blinky blonky music in there. But I mean I've just written a song called The Attitude is Gratitude, which is on my second album. And it's very much like a I don't know, it's almost like a hip-hop vibe. We've got I've got some that are kind of like a baleric-y beat, like a okay. housey chilled bit. It's just fun for mums. It's gotta be fun for, for mums, because if you're gonna reach the kids, the mums have gotta wanna play it. And I am not going to want to play Twinkle, Twinkle Star repeatedly in my house. But if, but if you write a song, if you want to teach your children about the powers of gratitude and being enough and how much power they hold inside of themselves, if you make it a bit funky for the mums, you've got a better chance of reaching the kids. And let's not forget that actually the biggest precursor to children's mental and emotional well-being is the mental and emotional well-being of the parents. I mean, that is proven like in so, so much research. Parents that are depressed parents are suffering with mental health issues, uh, parents that are maybe not attaching with their child as much because they're trapped in their head, Mm. that affects the child's mental and emotional development, which is really a cornerstone of my work. So the cornerstones are really attachment by increasing connection and attachment between parent and child. That automatically increases worthiness and self-esteem and increases the attachment, which is actually essential for how they see themselves uh, because you're choosing to spend time with them and do fun stuff. And today's world is about everyone's just sucked into a screen these days. So by using the screen to help people connect, that's one part of it. And then, of course, by using music and fun and the power of music to drop the messages in, which research shows that actually it's the shared fun making between the adult and the child that strengthens the neural pathways and supercharges the messages that are going in so much more. Mm. But then you add in the powerful language and positive language that encourages children to believe that they can and you kind of get a win-win do you know yeah. the kids get to do something the kids get to believe that they can they start believing that they can with all the little things you increase the connection in the family it it it's just like magic
0: so if a woman you know sometimes in the menopause I know it's not really a, a specific field but obviously the menopause can lead to depression and anxiety that kind of thing do you do you get a lot of mums coming to you at that stage or do it tend to be mums that are younger what's your main client base
1: no, I would say that most of my parents are definitely over thirty, majority of them, and definitely some in their early forties. I mean, I'm forty six, and I'm a mum, so I'm you know I'm I'm let's say I'm a, in the in the in the midst of things starting to change a little bit, you know, yeah. and the whole anxiety part of things is a big thing because when you're going through that, it's very difficult to. Connect with your child and be mm. objective to what's going on with your child. So, yes, we have a, yeah, we have quite a lot of single mums as well, and I'm guessing that's because I'm a single mum, so I must, you know, people resonate with that. But it's been actually my own personal experiences of post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, and being trapped in my head that actually, when I learned techniques and strategies to help myself through that, things like mindfulness, meditation, things like emotional freedom technique or tapping that people might have heard of things like changing perspectives changing language changing like looking at things in a different way that is absolutely vital for the mum's well-being mm-hmm. do you know and yeah. when the mum sees things differently she parents in a different way and that before age seven, that's where our children's belief systems are forming. So the way that you show up with your child as a parent is the thing that will single thing that will have the biggest impact mm. as to whether they live to their full potential. Because those beliefs that they're forming is what they run on autopilot for the rest of their lives on a ninety five percent unconscious basis. I mean, we most of our we're just living sub on the subconscious program that if you think about it, it's just someone else's story Mm. that we've chosen to accept as fact. And that's because before age seven, there's no critical factor. The critical factor is what we call the age of reason, if you like. And it's when uh, we start going, do you know what? Yeah, I don't know if that's true, actually. I'm not sure if there are fairies at the bottom of the garden, or I'm not sure, you know, if the gnomes do come alive at night. I'm just going to question that a little bit. I'm not quite sure. But before age seven, we believe everything. I mean, everything, the good stuff, the bad stuff, everything that is suggested to us. So if the parent is not in a good place, if the parent is struggling with anxiety Mm -hmm. or stress or mental or emotional issues themselves, they are generally much more reactive. They're they're generally more uh, likely to get triggered. They're generally not more likely to not be as present. And all of that conveys, unfortunately, a message to the child.
0: Mm.
1: No, it's so so interesting. And they absorb that. Do you know, like, you've only got to say around your child that, I mean, I remember remember it vividly. uh, Somebody said around one of their children, yeah, he's not a great dancer. And that was it. He he was doing dance classes. And then he just stopped because he decided that he wasn't a great dancer. And this is the power that I think I really want to. Invite people to really consider the language that they're using, not just to their children, but around their children. Mm. Because everything, they're like sponges. They go in. It's going in. And once that belief is installed, your brain will actually look for evidence to support that belief and will actually discount evidence that doesn't support that belief. That's mm. how strong your belief systems are. And it's why when I think when people get older, they spend, I know I know for myself, I have spent years and probably a few thousand pounds on reprogramming my mindset reprogramming my limiting beliefs working on the things that come up for me and really they're just installed in childhood mm. which is, which means like it sounds so if anybody's listening and they have older children then they're just thinking oh my god i've screwed my child up forever can i, can I just say don't panic <laughs> a bit like going, oh no, that's it. I've done it. It's, it's all over. It absolutely isn't because the brain obviously has plasticity. I mean, um, I'm sure you will agree with this, Livia. But like, as you get older, we're living proof that you can break through fears and you can create a new life for yourself and you can do all those things. And the brain doesn't really start hardening until adulthood. It's just that that window before age seven—that's where you have the most impact. So that's, yeah, so that's where I aim my work at with the parents and the children at that age.
0: Amazing, amazing. And if somebody wanted to contact you if they were interested in your NLP or they wanted to work with you with their child,
1: where where would they look? Well, uh, I, I'm on all the social medias. Oh, actually, that's not true. I was going to say I'm all this on all the social medias at La La Tigers, but I'm not because on Twitter, for some weird reason, I'm Hey Rachel Davis something but I'm on La La Tigers for Facebook and I'm La La Tigers for Instagram. But you'll find most information about me and my TED Talk and information about my programme because I need to run a musical programme to empower children which is delivered all online. Uh, and that's all on my website at lalatigers.com.
0: That and is so amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Such an interesting podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me, gorgeous girl. I will see you uh, on the internet no doubt. You sure will. Bye. Bye.